0: God's doing great things now, if you would remain standing with me, I'm going to read a very familiar passage of scripture in your hearing and I, I, okay I'm going to promise you this tonight. I know what y'all thinking're going to preach too long. Hold up. give me a second. let me speak my mind. I promise you tonight that Chelsea, your father said to stop it. Chelsea comes up to me and she said, I feel like I I get to hear my dad preach tonight. I'm like, that makes me feel kind of old, but okay, that's right. I promise you tonight, I will only preach as long as it takes. That when you get what I'm trying to say tonight, When you get, when God unlocks in your mind what I'm saying to you tonight, and there begins to be a response to the preaching of the Word of God, I promise you, we're done and God's going to take over. Is that a deal? Y'all making me nervous. Just start responding to the Word of the Lord. John chapter 5. Know he's not here, but I give honor to pastor tonight. Love my pastor, and I'm thankful for the opportunity to serve alongside of a man who has vision, who is full of integrity, and is of honest report. Thank God for my pastor tonight. John chapter five, beginning at verse number one. The Bible says, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now, there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. And in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt withered, and the Bible says that they are all waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season, everybody say a certain season, into the pool and troubled the water. And whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And the Bible says that there was a certain man who was there which had had an infirmity for 38 years. Everybody say, my, that's a long time. Verse number 6 says, and when Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been a long time in that case, that just lets us know that when God looks on us and he looks on our circumstance, Sometimes we pray and we say, God, don't you know it's been a long time? Don't don't you know I've I've suffered enough? We think that we've got to tell God, but the Bible tells us that he knows these things already. Because he looked on this man and he knew it had been a long time in that case. And he saith unto him, wilt thou be made whole? Wilt thou be made whole? And I want to preach with the help of the Lord on this subject, the cost of your miracle. The cost of your miracle. Would you put your Bibles down, and would you just lift your hands to heaven one more time? And Would you ask God to give you personal revelation tonight? God, I ask that in this house that revelation would sweep into this sanctuary god that it would that it would lay upon every individual every ear and every mind and it would get on the inside of every heart god the same revelation god that I already spoke about that you gave to Peter when you said upon this rock I will build my church in the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God, that same revelation is alive today. And the gates of hell cannot come against what the Holy Ghost and God, and what you want to do in a life in this place tonight. Unlock the miraculous. Let there be miracles, signs, and wonders tonight. We ask it in the wonderful, matchless, and wonderful name of Jesus. And everyone shout amen. Clap your hands to the Lord one more time and give Him praise. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. I just want to start by saying that God is going to change somebody's life tonight. I know those are tall words and and those are words that sometimes we don't like to speak because we wonder if God really is going to. But I believe tonight, without a shadow of a doubt in this house, that God is going to change somebody's life. And if you're going to wait on me to get started tonight, then you're just going to have to wait. And you're going to miss the whole point because I'm going to get started right off the bat. You Maybe you have come into this place tonight. Expecting the same old thing. You come tonight expecting the same old sickness. You've come tonight expecting the same old circumstance. And you've come tonight and you and you maybe a thought in your mind that I'm not gonna go to the altar again because I do it time and time again. And you come into this place expecting to leave the same that you came, and you just expect it to be another day, and you expect the same old problems and the same old issues. When you go home tonight. Because you're expecting the same issues. When you go to bed tonight. And when you wake up in the morning. You expect the same issues. And the same problems to be there. You expect to wake up in the morning. And it just to be another day like yesterday. But I've come to tell somebody. In the Holy Ghost tonight. That tonight is your night. And God's going to touch your life. And God's going to change your life. And God's going to do for you. What you've been desiring him to do in your life. You know that he's done it before, but you really don't have faith enough to believe that he's going to do it for you tonight. You know that he can, but you don't really expect him to. You really know that He is able, but you don't think it's going to be your lot in life that God's going to come in, and He's going to heal your body like He healed your neighbor's body, and He's not going to make a way for you like He made a way for your neighbor. You go ahead and expect that, and you expect the same old, same old, and I promise you one thing, that you will leave this place the same that you came, but if you can just get a revelation of the mighty God in Christ and the power that is in the name of Jesus, when you leave this place, you can leave healed. You can leave delivered. You can leave set free. In our text we read about this pool called Bethesda. And Bethesda simply means house of mercy. The Bible tells us that it had five porches and it was under these porches or these colonnades that There were usually a large number of people with infirmity. There were people that were crippled. There were people that were lame. There were people that were blind. And they come to that place day after day, some of them year after year, hoping to be the one to step in when the angel of the Lord troubled the water. And let me just pause for a second and say what a tragedy it would be tonight if it could only be one person. What a tragedy it would be tonight if only one left with a miracle. What a tragedy it would be tonight if only one left being filled with the Holy Ghost. What a tragedy it would be tonight if it were only one that left delivered from what had been binding you all these years but I'm glad that we live in a day and I'm glad that we live in the hour where it's not just one and we don't have to wait for the angel of the Lord to come and trouble the water and hope to be the first one to step in but I know tonight without a shadow of a doubt that the Lord is here and the water are troubled and he is calling all those whosoever will to step in and receive what God I wish somebody believed what I'm preaching tonight. I I wish it was more than a hand clap. I wish it was more than an amen. But I wish that it was something that would get on the inside of your spirit. That would cause you to go ahead and step out in faith. And pursue what God has for your life. Like you've never pursued it before. I wish it would get on the inside of us tonight. Where that we knew that if we asked God, I wish that it would get on the inside of us to the point that we knew that if we could just muster up enough faith that it would happen tonight. I wish it wouldn't be a question in the mind of anybody in this house tonight. I wish that we could elevate our faith. Come on, we've heard a lot of faith preaching here in the past in the past several months and it seems like if people that stand in this pulpit preach faith and preach faith and I, wanted, I want to tell you tonight that anywhere in the word of God that God repeats himself time where God says verily verily or God says, you've heard it said, but I say unto you, I've said it before and I'll say it again, that God is wanting us to take note. And tonight, all all the faith preaching that we've heard in this pulpit over the past few months, I wish that we would realize and get it in our spirit that God's trying to tell us something. And God sent me here tonight to tell you if you can just elevate your faith, if you can just step it up a little bit, that God is going to give you the miracle that you've desired Jesus saw and knew this man had been a long time in his condition I'm trying to be good tonight but I'll be honest with you I'm just I'm mad at the enemy I'm mad at the end. I, I, I sat at my table last night. And I had my Bible. And I've been up here at the church and I've been praying. I've been studying. And I went home so I could kiss my boys. Good night, my wife, good night before they went to bed. And I, I put everybody to bed. And I sat down at my table and I had my notes and I had had my Bible. And I began to look through what God had, I felt God had given me. And I'm like, God, I, I, I don't I don't understand. Do we really need another message on faith? Do we need to really? Hear another message on miracles. Do we need to get up and, and tell somebody again, like we did weeks ago, that God wants to do it for you tonight? And I begin to say, "God, what is it that you want to do tonight, tomorrow night? What is it that you want to do in the service? And I just begin to I pick up a pen and I had a pad of paper, and I begin to write, and I begin to write the words. God wants to heal God wants to deliver God wants to set free God wants to make a way where there is no way And I begin to question God. God, is that really what you want to do tomorrow? Is that really what you want to do? Because if that's what you want to do, then I'll preach whatever you tell me to preach. And God said, that is without a shadow of a doubt what I want to do in that service tomorrow. I want you to go and I want you to stand in that pulpit and I want you to point your finger to that crowd and tell them that I want to give somebody a miracle. I want to heal somebody's body. I want to speak peace into somebody's life. And so here we are tonight. So the Bible tells us that this man had been, Jesus saw him and knew this man's condition. He'd been in it a long time. The Bible also tells us in verse, in one of the verses, That Jesus looked and he saw, in verse number four, when Jesus saw him lie. And I just want to play off that word for just a moment, if I may, if you give me some leeway. I want to play off that word and tell you that this man and his condition was simply a lie from the pit of hell. And I want to tell somebody in this house tonight that the condition that you're in and the enemy telling you day after day this is just the way that it's going to be and this infirmity is going to kill you and you'll never have peace and you'll never see your family safe. I want to tell you tonight, that's a lie from the pit of hell. God is desiring that all, everybody shout all, And God's desiring that all in this place that have a need in your life and that all that need a miracle and that all who need salvation would receive what you need from God tonight. It was simply a lie that kept this man from his miracle. It was the thought, the lie was that the thought that you needed or that rather in order to receive what you needed from Jesus was that you had to be in a special place. And it was that it had to be a special time. And that there had to be a special visitation. And it was required that you be a special person. Because the Bible previously stated in our text that the angel of the Lord came to a particular pool at a particular time. And only the first one to make it into the water was made whole but I want to debunk that tonight and say that your miracle is not predicated on the question if uh, of can God do it or is God able to do it it's not predicated on that but the question that really needs asked tonight the, the question that we really need an answer to is that do you want God to do it It's not whether or not he can, but it's how bad do we want it. It's not whether or not God has the power to. It's how bad do we want him to do it. How bad do we want him to do it? And what are we willing to do to receive from the Lord? It's not a question, Brother Brandon. It's not a question, Brother Spencer. Of whether God can do it. Right, right, right. God can do it. But the question is, how bad, how bad do we want Him to do it? How bad do we really want to leave this place differently? How tired are we? Of being in the same circumstance, day after day, year after year. We pray prayer after pray. God, would you do it? And it becomes repetitive. It becomes a habit. And we just do the same old things, day after day, service after service. The people that went to the pool of Bethesda, it had become habit. that they would gather there when they all really knew what are the chances? What are the chances if it actually be in me this time? What are the chances, Brother Duggar, of me really receiving what I want from God? So I ask you tonight, What are the chances that God shows up in this house and he touches your life? What are the chances that God heals your body tonight? I can tell you what the chances are. Well, I can't give you a number, but I can tell you this. It's according to your faith because my word, my Bible says, according to your faith, so be it unto you. only thing that matters is what Jesus asked him in our text. "Wilt thou be made whole? He was simply asking, do you want me to do this? I want to tell you tonight that you can have as big a miracle as you want to have tonight. You can see as many miracles as you want to see. You can have as big a revival as you want to have in these last days because I believe that the greatest revival that north central Indiana has ever experienced is ours if we want it. And I believe tonight that your healing is yours if you want it tonight. Let me lay a little bit of foundation and then we'll take this thing on home. Jesus was drawn to the hard cases. We read in the Word of God that He healed a woman with an issue of blood that she had had for 12 years. We read another instance where He healed a woman of an infirmity that she had for 18 years. And in our text tells us that this man had had his infirmity for 38 years. And just because we have not does not mean that we will not. Just because that we haven't received it yet. It may have been five years for you. It may be going on 15, 20, 25, 30, 50 years. But just because you have not received it yet doesn't mean that you're never going to receive it because God is in the house tonight and He is pulling for you and He is asking you to elevate your faith because He wants to give you a miracle in the house tonight. If you believe it, clap your hands. Mark chapter 5, we read of Jairus' daughter. The Bible said that Jairus came and he bid Jesus to come because my daughter is at the point of death. And as Jesus made his way and he had performed a miracle for the woman with the issue of blood along the way going to Jairus' house, but somewhere between Jairus telling him and Jesus arriving, his daughter died. See, sometimes we think, God, how long am I going to have to wait? Don't you know the condition that I'm in? Don't you know how dire my circumstance is? Don't you know how serious my need is? How long are you going to tarry? Because, God, I don't know if I can make it. And we question God, no doubt. Had, as Jairus may have, because when Jesus arrived, she had already died, and we know the story that when Jesus walked into the house, the house was full of mourners, and Jesus and Jesus began to be touched. And he looked at the mourners and he said, what are you you mourning for? She's, She's not dead. She's only asleep. And the Bible says, Brother Jerry, that those mourners turn to mockers as they begin to laugh at him and point at him. What do you mean? She's asleep. She's already died. If you would have hurried up and got here, maybe she wouldn't be dead. But it's too late, Jesus. She had died. And that's what the enemy tells us day after day, week after week, month after month, don't you know that Jesus is just taking his own sweet time coming through for you don't you know that you're never going to make it don't you know I got you right where I want you it's my desire to take you out and I've I've already accomplished what I'd set out to do but I wish somebody would stand in the face of adversity and in the face of the enemy tonight and say no 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 devil no 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 enemy God has got my need and God God's got me right where He wants me. It's not too late. Luke chapter 7. We read of the son of the widow of Nain. Jesus came to the gate of that city. And as He came to the gate, He encountered a funeral procession where the dead was the son of this widow woman. And the Bible says that Jesus had compassion. And he told the widow to weep not. And Jesus spoke to her dead son in the middle of her circumstance. In the middle of the darkest time of her life. She had just lost her baby boy. And God spoke to her and said, Weep not. And then he turned to the dead and he said, Arise. And immediately that son set up and the Bible says that he began to speak. I'm speaking to somebody in this house tonight that you may feel that you've already died. You may feel that it's already too late to you but God has walked into this service tonight and God has compassion when He looks at your need and God is looking at you and He is saying death is not final but I want you to arise to take up your bed I feel that you're getting it tonight but I don't know that you completely got it so I'll go on John chapter 11 we read the account of Lazarus. Jesus was off ministering. And he said, someone, Mary and Martha sent someone to him. And they said, hey, De- Lazarus is at the point of death. Jesus, we need you to come. So Jesus did what Jesus always did. and He said, okay, I'm coming. Just wait till I get there. And the Bible says that he tarried more days he allowed death to take its course and Jesus continued to minister where he was at and after some after 2 days he gets to bethany and he finds that Jesus, that Lazarus had died and the bible tells us That Jesus had compassion because it was in John chapter 5, verse 16, where where the Bible says that Jesus wept over Lazarus. Jesus wept over the death of his friend. Mary and Martha were angry. They said, Jesus, why did you even bother coming now? He's been dead four days and his body begins to stink. He said, they said, death has already happened. Decay has already set in. His body has already started to rot. Jesus, you're too late. You're too late. There's not really anything that you can do. Martha looks to him and said, I know that he will rise in the resurrection. And then Jesus turned and rebuked her and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. What powerful words from the From the Messiah. When he looks and he said, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, you're waiting for the resurrection to come. For your brother to live again. And you're waiting for that day. But I'm telling you that the resurrection and the life stands before you. And I tell you tonight that the resurrection and the life is in this house. And he is walking up and down these aisles. And he is telling you, I'm here in life is possible your miracle is possible tonight we know the story we know the count where Jesus looked at Lazarus he took him by the hand he said Lazarus rise Lazarus come forth and he that was dead came forth why because Jesus, has power over death. Jesus has power over infirmity. Jesus has power over any kind of disease. Jesus has power over addiction. Jesus has power over depression. Jesus has power over suicide. Jesus has power over oppression. Whatever it is that you need tonight, Jesus has already taken authority over your life and over your situation. Oh, come on, somebody give God praise tonight. I wish somebody who is facing it tonight would just elevate your faith and you just begin to praise God in the middle of your calamity. Praise God in the middle of your circumstance. Oh, come on, that's it. God's working in this house right now. God's unlocking it in this house right now. I feel faith beginning to rise in this place. I, I feel those that really thought that it would just be another Sunday. I feel your faith rising in this house. <laughs> But I want to tell you tonight, the reason I read these accounts to you and I shared these stories with you is simply to tell you that the degree of death doesn't matter to Jesus. It didn't matter then, and it doesn't matter now. The degree of difficulty to your situation didn't matter to Him then, and it doesn't matter now. Whatever you're facing didn't matter to Him then, and it doesn't matter now. Be seated. My Bible tells me that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. And my Bible also tells me, Brother Brandon, that when the enemy comes in like a flood. Come on in Bible scholars in the house. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I want to speak something in the prophetic. I wrote it here in my notes and I circled it. And I underlined it because I'm going to make sure that I said this tonight. And there's been a lot of things that have been said the past couple of weeks. And pastor has, has, has shared his vision of taking this thing to the streets. I'm thankful for a pastor that has vision. Come on, I'm thankful for a pastor that hears from the Lord. I thank God that he's placed a man of God in my life that hears from the throne room of heaven. As I was preparing yesterday, I began to pray, God, what is it? What is it that you have for this church? God, where are you taking us to? God, what is it that you're wanting to do with Christian Life Church? And it's just as sure as I'm standing here tonight. God spoke to me, and He said, That I have chosen Frankfurt, Indiana. In the surrounding, I wish Pastor was here to hear this. I've chosen Frankfort, Indiana and the surrounding region to be a special place of anointing, a special place of revival, and a special place of the miracle power of God. I'm here to tell you tonight that God's about to unlock the miraculous in Christian Life Church. And God's unlocking the miraculous in Frankfort. He's unlocking the miraculous in Lebanon. He's unlocking the miraculous in West Lafayette and I don't believe that God is going to stop there but I believe that God is going to unlock the miraculous in the region of north central Indiana if you believe that tonight I want you to give God your best praise come on I want you to give God your best praise praise him like he's already done it Praise Him like He's already given you your miracle. Praise Him like He's already delivered you. Praise Him like He's already saved your family. Come on, just continue with your praise tonight. Come on, do you feel that in the atmosphere? Do you feel a change in in the atmosphere tonight? Do you feel that the Spirit of God has walked into this room and I believe that God's about to give somebody your miracle. I believe that God's about to heal somebody's body. I I, I believe that God is about to remove that oppression and depression and that fear off of your life tonight. It's here tonight. It's here tonight. Let me say a few more things, and we're going to let go and let God do what he wants to do. In our text, Jesus asked this man, will thou be made whole? Now, I don't know about you tonight. That seems like a no-brainer. That's the kind of, that's the kind of a thing where you say, stand up and say, somebody in this house, I know somebody has a need tonight. It's pretty general. It's true, but it's general. But it seems like a no-brainer to ask a crippled man, do you want to be healed? It's kind of a no-brainer to ask someone who's been sick the majority of their life, do you want to be healed? So Jesus asked, will thou be made whole? What Jesus was really asking is, are you sure that this is what you really want? He asked that question, Brother Brandon, because I want to tell somebody in this house, everybody, if you have a miracle, you need a miracle in your life right now, I want you to raise your hand, whatever it is, whatever it is. I want to speak to you for a second tonight. Jesus asked that question because he wanted to know, do you really want this? And I ask you tonight, do you really want your miracle? And the reason that I ask you that tonight is because there is a cost. There is a cost that is associated with your miracle. I hope that I didn't just mess somebody up. I hope I didn't pop somebody's balloon or deflate somebody's balloon. But Jesus asked this because there was a price that would come with this man receiving his miracle. And I've come to preach to CLC tonight and tell you that just like the rich young ruler, there will be many among us, or some, rather, may I say, among us, who will not be willing to pay the price required for their miracle. Just like the rich young ruler There will be some among us here and when we move to our new location that are not going to be willing to pay the price required for the revival that God wants to send to this church and to this region. But let me tell you the good news tonight. And that is that I believe that I'm preaching to a group of people who have made up in your mind that I am ready for everything that God has for me. God is unlocking things in the Spirit, even in this place right now and in this service tonight. And He is unlocking things in in the Spirit. And the miracles that you have been claiming for, claiming, uh, for a very long time are about to come to pass. Okay, I got about five of you tonight. Let me say it in my best impression, I got about five of you tonight. I'm not Brother Herring. I wish I was, but I'm not. But I got about five of you tonight. You know what that tells me? That there are some in this room that don't believe what I just said. When I tell you, that I stand here under the unction of the Holy Ghost and did I tell you that God is unlocking some things in the Spirit and He is about to unlock the miracle that you have been praying for, that miracle that you've been holding on to for your very life. That ought to get someone to respond, somebody who has faith to say, Yes, God, I believe it and I want it to happen and I want it tonight. How bad do we want it? But not only, not only, Brother Spencer, is God unlocking things in the Spirit. And not only is God about to give miracles, but I want to speak in the prophetic tonight. And I'm not saying that I'm prophesying, but I'm speaking it into existence that that 3,000 soul revival is just on the horizon. I said that 3,000 soul revival that's been prophesied in this pulpit is just on the horizon. And guess what? That means that some of your family members are going to be saved. That means that one day you're going to be sitting beside them and you're going to be dancing with them and you're going to be rejoicing with them because God's about to unlock it. Because my Bible says that blessed are they which do hunger And thirst after righteousness. What? For they shall be filled. If you want it, you can have it tonight. I want you to turn to your neighbor and I want you to tell him, if you want it tonight, you can have it. Turn to somebody else say, if you want your miracle tonight and you're willing to do what God asks you to do, you can have it tonight. Be seated for just one second. You see, the account in the Bible, the multitude didn't follow Jesus. The multitude that followed Jesus, rather, they weren't there to see the miracle of the five loaves and the two fish. They weren't following him so that he would feed them food. But they were interested in what he had to say, because they sought after him, and because of their association with him, that day they were able to see five thousand fed with just two loaves five loaves and two fishes. And the Bible says that when they left, they left full, and there was food left. Tonight, not only does God want to give you a miracle, not only does God want to do a work in your life, but God's not interested in doing anything halfway. He's not not interested in teasing you with just a taste. He's not interested just like he wasn't interested in just giving the 5,000, Sister Nancy, a little piece of bread and a little piece of fish and say, hey, when you leave here, you need to go home and get more food because you're still going to be hungry. He wasn't interested in any of that because he began to break the bread and break the fish, and he began to distribute it, and the Bible says that they ate until they were full, and then they picked up the fragments that were 12 baskets full that full. That were left over. Tonight, God's not interested in just giving you a taste of He what He wants to do. But tonight, God wants to fill you to overflowing. God wants to fill you until you're full. He doesn't want to start a miracle. He wants to complete a miracle in your life. not here tonight just to supply your need. He's not here just to give you what you need, but he is here to bless you in good measure, that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. He not only wants to heal you of infirmity, but tonight God wants to make somebody whole. It's one thing to heal somebody, and it's another thing entirely to make them whole. And God is telling me tonight that He wants to make somebody whole in this place. Lepers came to Jesus. He said, Have mercy on us, God. Heal our bodies. The Bible says that He touched, and He said, Go show yourselves to the priest. And that they left. And they realize that they've been healed. And they begin to rejoice and they begin to go show themselves to the priest. Here's one thing I want you to know yes, they were healed of leprosy. Yes, they could go where they couldn't go before, they could be around people. They didn't have to worry about someone being infected when they came in contact with them. But what I want you to know tonight is that those lepers, they left healed. But they still had the scars of leprosy. They were still missing appendages. They were still missing a nose or missing an ear or, or missing a finger or missing a hand. And they left that place excited. Because they were healed, but they still carried the scars of that sin. But there was one leper when the others went to show themselves to the priest that said, I can do that in a minute, but I'm going to return to God and I'm going to give him thanks where, where, where he deserves thanks. And he looked at that leper. Amen. He said, where are the others? Were there not more? He said, God, I don't know, but I just returned to give you thanks. And Jesus did something for that man that he didn't do for the others because they left, they left healed, but only one was made whole. Only one received wholeness in their life. Only one that would that came to Jesus missing a nose or an ear left Jesus having all their appendages and having all their limbs in good order, and there were no no scars and no signs of leprosy. And tonight, God wants to make somebody whole in the heat. He doesn't want to heal you, but He wants to make you whole. That way when you look at yourself in the mirror, that those scars that you used to see, those problems, that pain that you used to have. So I ask you tonight, how bad do you want it? Because there is a price to pay. One wants it. How bad do you want it tonight? 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 How bad do you want want to leave this place whole tonight? How bad do you not want to leave this place the same that you came? But how bad and how how? How much do you desire to leave this place differently? Kia la 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 bocha la la ma hacha la 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 bocha Kia la la Come on, ma'am. Come on, sir. How bad do you want it tonight? How bad do you want God to touch your life? How bad do you want that miracle? How bad do you want to see that family saved? How bad do you want to live tonight? God's doing a work in this house right now come on I need some prayer warriors I need some elders with faith tonight that would start laying your hands on those that need a miracle I wish that somebody that had faith that would would just start walking through this crowd and laying your hand on people that need a miracle God's going to do it tonight God's going to do it for you tonight God's going to make a way for you tonight By the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. He had a pain you must leave now. Infirmity you must leave now. Come on, there ought not be any spectators tonight. Everybody be ought to be engaged for what God is wanting to do. God is about to do something amazing in our midst tonight. By the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. By the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. By the authority of the word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus. (laughs)